Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Tech Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Come on down. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything, like what are the best podcasts right now? Recode Decode. Other than this one, of course. Recode. What's the best fitness watch you buy? How secure is the Internet of Things? It's not. And what on earth will we do without Walt Mossberg? Well, that is the existential question we're facing right now. So send us your questions. We really do read them all. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to us at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net, and we try to read all of your emails. Friendly reminder, Embarrassed has two R's and two S's. Yes, indeed, it does for those who cannot spell. All right, we are here at the Code Conference in Rancho Palos Verdes, California. We're taping this on a Sunday, which is my day off a couple of days before the conference starts. <laughs> you're also working tomorrow, by the way. It's I a know, holiday. I you're know. welcome. You're welcome. Uh, by the time you're hearing this episode, we will be finished with the conference and we will have posted most or all of the interviews from the stage to another podcast of ours called Recode Replay. So you can find that podcast wherever you found this one. Um, there's some really fantastic interviews conducted by Kara Swisher and mm-hmm. Walt Mossberg and other recoders um, with some fantastically smart people. Yeah. So be sure to check that out when you get a chance. Indeed. You'll all probably be up in arms for whatever Hillary Clinton said by this time. So calm down, all you haters. Anyway, today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we're joined by someone named Walt Mossberg. I've never heard of him, Lauren. Who is this man? I think I worked for him once. Yeah, I think so. I don't yeah, recall. At yeah. some point. Walt Mossberg, for those of you who don't know who are listening to this podcast, is the preeminent tech journalist. Pre-eminent. He started the whole idea, the whole concept of a personal technology column back when personal computing was still very nascent in nascent. 1991. Did you, just, did you look up that word? Uh, nascent. No, I just like that All word. Right, okay, Lots of things are nascent in You're technology. Nascent. It's fun to call them out when they're nascent and then uh-huh. be like, I remember when I was reporting on that when it was nascent. Right. But Walt, uh, he's been called the kingmaker King by maker. the New Yorker, among other things. And um, he really has been one of the most influential people in technology. And I'm not just saying that because he was at one point my boss and is still a very dear friend and colleague uh-huh. and mentor uh-huh. of mine. And he is joining us in today's show because he is retiring. Soon. Yes. He's well, retiring. retiring. I don't know if it's retiring. He's moving on to his next chapter. That's next how you say it. Chapter. Yeah. He's going to be kite surfing in no time. In no time. Absolutely. Uh, but he is retiring, and so we decided to have him on this week's show because we, we wanted to take this opportunity to pick his brain uh, and and just check in on the state of the technology industry, and also give people the chance to ask Mossberg a question. Final question. Final questions for Mossberg. And then he can move on to his other favorite topic: battlefields. <laughs> Do you Mossberg. promise to still guest guest on my show from time to time? Here he is. Hello, Walt. Say hello to the hello. people. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Kara. And hello, Lauren. Hello. And sure, I'll come on. All right. I won't know anything, but right. I'll come on. Good. Sure. That sounds good. Yes, you will. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for coming to the it's show. It's lovely to thank be you. on thank this you. podcast. Thank you. You've been on the podcast. In fact, you've been on Recode Decode. A couple Decode times. I've and, been on yours. Been I've one. been on yours. Yeah. Have you been on Peter's? I have not been on Peter's really because I'm not Peter a media Kafka. mogul. Right. Um, yes, you are. Well, you I was. started Once Recode. was a media mogul. Once was a media mogul. <laughs> now you shall be at the cigar store. Um, so, so we're going to uh, do uh, a bunch of questions, obviously. Yeah. But Lauren, why don't you explain how we do this? Absolutely. So as our loyal listeners know, we normally split this show into two parts. In the first half, we chat with that week's guest and we offer a kind of introduction to whatever topic we're talking about. And then in the second half, we usually turn to questions. 
that right. are submitted by our readers and listeners. But this week, we decided to change things up a little bit. A little bit. And we told you to send in questions on any topic oh, for Walt Mossberg. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, we got a lot of questions. I sent one in. Did you? We're not going to do yours. We're going to be mixing in questions from Walt's many admirers throughout the entire show. So are you ready, Mossberg? Apparently not. No, apparently. Any I thought we'd just chat and maybe to have two questions. No, we don't want to hear a reminiscence of when it used to be, you know, you know, you when you were young, when Swisher was young. That kind of thing. We don't want that. We want none of that. We're not interested in that. We I have a lot of stories about you. Yeah, well I don't want those either. If they ask a question, you can answer it. That's gonna be Walt's retirement podcast part two. Part two. Working with Kara Swisher. Anyway, Lauren. You got a couple hours. Would you like to talk? Yes. The first question is from David Lindsley. Yeah. Uh, he's at retprof77. I'm guessing that's retired professor 77. Mm-hmm. He has written in before. Thank you, David. Uh, how did Walt Mossberg come up with the idea that reviews should be written from the perspective of the average user? That's a nice question. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, when I started my column in the Wall Street Journal, it was one of the last newspapers that didn't have a sort of regular tech column. Right. Uh, but you know, most of them were written by geeks for geeks. And the reason that I came up with this idea was that I had been a hobbyist in computers for about 10 years. And I had to learn all this stuff. And I realized how hard it was. And I realized that the tech companies kind of were never trying to serve the needs of regular people. So that's how I sold it to the editors. Hmm. And they just, you said, why? Did you just, you're confused yourself or you just were? Well, I mean, I wasn't confused because I spent thousands of hours on mm-hmm. like CompuServe, if you don't know what that is, look it up, mm-hmm. uh, and on some of the early pre-internet services. And all the conversation was, how do you get your Apple II to do this? Or how do you get right. your IBM PC to do this? Whatever. And so I knew no... And there was no Google to look it up. No, there, there was, was no, no Google to mm-hmm. look it up. There was no there were no how-tos videos mm-hmm. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And no I just dummy thought, series? No dummy series. And right. I just thought, you know, um, what I said to the top editor of the Wall Street Journal was this is about to explode. I mean, it already existed, but Mm -hmm. it kind of hadn't penetrated everybody's home and everything. It's going to explode, and people aren't going to know how to use these things, and somebody needs to explain it to them, but you can't explain it to them in jargon. So I think we have an opportunity here, and I'd like to do that. What does your editor say? He loved it. A guy Mm -hmm. named Norm Perlstein, who went on to do other wonderful things, ran Time, Inc., and... Uh, or there was the head editor of Time Inc. and was at Bloomberg, and uh, he's back at Time Inc. now. Uh, he got it, but the ter- I found out later, years later, there was a, lots of internal fighting at the journal by people who didn't want to let me have the internal column. fighting at the journal. <laughs> yes, I know. It's <laughs> <What>? astonishing. <laughs> That's a shock. Talking to two people who have worked <laughs> at the internally journal. fought at the journal. <laughs> no, constantly. there were people. What they didn't want was opinion in the news pages. They love opinion, mm-hmm. but they didn't want them in the news pages. I they, see. It is there now, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Oh, but please. this, but it was not. And also, a lot of them said, well, why should we give a column all this precious space on the front of a section to technology? Mm-hmm. That's not important. I mean, yeah, you know, so it was that kind of argument. Okay. All right. So you were just wanted to be the average user. All right. And you had been, just for people who don't know, Walt had covered the defense and national security and right. all kinds of stuff. And Department. automobiles. Automobiles. Things. It's yes. all coming first, full circle, if you think about that. <laughs> yeah. You started in automobiles <laughs> and now technology totally is exactly. in the automobile industry. All right. Next question is from Yendi Cohen, emailed in this question. You have met the most influential and talented people from the tech industry what is your best memory? A fine cigar. Okay. 
You mean, oh, you're referring to the people. <laughs> yes, 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 in the tech industry. Uh, best memory. Um, a fine cigar with Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. <laughs> no. Ew. Uh, I mean. It's not a good memory. There's a lot of great stories, some of wh- wh- which involve Kara, but um, I'll just tell you one story. All right. So uh, every year I would make an extended visit to Microsoft, three days, two to two and a half days, whatever, and I would meet. I'd see a lot of products that were not released yet, talk to the teams, the, some of the engineers, marketers, whatever, and uh, there would be a report sent after every meeting back to Bill Gates, oh. uh, which I didn't know mm-hmm. uh, the first time, but by the second Spies year I figured this out. Year. The PR people in the room had to send a report, and it eventually went to him because he was my last meeting. So one year... The idea, somebody came up with the idea, which I agreed to, that he would take me to dinner mm-hmm. at the end instead of just sitting in his office. But we got into a huge argument in his office about mm-hmm. something. I can't remember what. And, and a bunch of earnest discussions. And we never went to dinner. And the meeting started at 7 o'clock. At 10 o'clock at night, his phone rings. Not a cell phone. Phone. Like his office. old landline phone in his office. And it's Melinda Gates. Yeah. She's like, where are you? Right. I'm overhearing the conversation, and she's saying to him, essentially, didn't you take him to dinner? What is going on? <laughs> and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, no. And he says, okay, I'll be home soon. And he hangs, this is Bill Gates, the yeah. richest man in the world. <laughs> right. His wife is like, what the hell? What the hell? So he hangs up the phone, says to me, I'm so sorry, we're supposed to go to dinner. I said, don't worry about it. We had a great conversation there for three hours. It's mm-hmm. been fantastic. I don't really care about dinner. He goes, well, look. I'm going to stop on the way home at the Taco Bell takeout <laughs> window. Do you want to come with me? I said, no, I think I'll go back to the hotel. Uh-huh. He said, okay, well, I'll drive you to your car because, you know, they had many parking lots yeah. and I was parked like 16 buildings away. Yeah. And he was, in those days at least, he was driving himself. So right. we start to get to the elevator and he goes, oh, wait a minute, I have no cash. <laughs> Richest guy in the world. He's worth like $100 million at this point. Yeah. I have no cash. What year was this? I don't know. Uh, he had no cash. I don't know. <laughs> he had no cash. He, he goes, I have to go back to the office. I said, I'll g- do, you, do you need some? Yeah. He goes, no, 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 I have some back in the office. So he runs back from the elevator to his office. And he comes back very proudly with a $10 bill. All right, All right. And then we get into his Lexus. He drives me to my rental to- yeah. Ford Taurus. Mm-hmm. And he goes off to Taco Bell. <laughs> and then next day, I had a meeting that happened to involve Melinda Gates. Yeah. Not because there. she yeah. was, I don't even know if they were engaged at, the, at that point. But they, well, I guess they must be, it must have been. But just before the meeting starts, she pulls me into the hall and she says, I'm so embarrassed. I just want to apologize that he didn't take you to dinner. Yeah, you would have gotten Taco Bell. <laughs> I think it's a good story. So that's thing. a good story. Yeah, that is a good story. Okay, Lauren, next one. I like that story. Uh, here's a question that was actually submitted as a voice memo. We yeah. received a few of these for this show. Uh, and it's from a big fan of yours named Mark. Mark. So let's take a listen. All right. Hey, Walt, it's Mark Cuban from Dallas, Texas. Other than yourself, who's the most obnoxious person you've ever had to deal with in your long, illustrious, long, 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 long career? Thanks. (laughs) So is this how it's going to be? Yeah, this is how it's going to be. Just wait, Mossberg. Mossberg, we got so many. Um, Well, Mark Cuban from Dallas, Texas, (laughs) I... um, 
I guess it would be Kara. Oh my know. God, not Mark Cuban <laughs> from Dallas, Texas? Well, it's, it's kind of a tie between Mark and Kara. I don't yeah. know. All right, so Kara it is. All right, fine, fine, fine. All right, here's another one from Susan from Mountain View. Hi, Walt. This is Susan Wojcicki here from San Bruno. And oh, I just wanted to know, since you've been such a insightful critic over the years of so many products and services, what is one feature that you wish YouTube had. I'm looking forward to your response. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. That's the CEO of YouTube. Brother. Yes, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is one feature I wish? There's 22 features. All right. Susan, there's... <laughs> Susan, DM me. There's like, I have a long list. I love You'll YouTube. You'll have a lot of free time. <laughs> but I have, a, I have a lot of free time. I have a long list. Uh, pick one. one here. I just, don't, I just think it's not organized well. It's hard to find the channels... That you want to subscribe to, yeah, and so I think you know they've they have a colossal amount of great content. I think there's a discovery problem. Discovery problem. So Susan, if you're listening to this or whatever, there's a thing called Google that's really well organized. <laughs> you so. could maybe get some help from <laughs> some other people at Alphabet, <laughs> Alphabet, and figure it and you know help with discovery. All right, I'm discovery. surprised you didn't say commentary. Yeah, I thought you were going to. I go hate comments. Way, I know. But. All right, next yeah. one. A lot of work there. Let's get some more from some non-famous people. Uh, this is from Nicholas Russo, who listens to the show from Argentina. Thank you for listening, Nicholas. He says, "I would like to ask Walt, what does he think Apple has done in the years post Steve Jobs?" Uh, that if he would be alive, wouldn't have. There's a little bit of a, a language barrier here, I think. He says. Uh, oh, yes, says. Okay, sorry for my English, he says. Uh, best of luck to Walt. I recommend Argentina for retiring in the middle of Patagonia. Walt, that sounds like an amazing trip. I think you <laughs> should do it. How did you know that? Nicholas, that's, thank that's you. That's where I'm headed. <laughs> okay, good. That's it. <laughs> All right. Building the house there. Nicholas, thank you so much for your question. What would he not have done if he had been alive? Uh, Come on. Would he not have done is a, is a really interesting question. I think he would have, I would have been surprised. This is a small thing, but it's mm -hmm. an example. I think he would have probably not shipped an Apple Watch that didn't show you the time all the time. Oh, all right. In other words, hmm. without you having to do that wrist motion, then mm -hmm. you have to get exactly right. It's a small thing, but that's yeah. that was what he did. He I did think he these. He wouldn't have done the Apple Watch. Well, he would have, but he wouldn't have done it until they had figured out some way to not have the battery die if the time was showing, and not just the time, but maybe the time and the date, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Was he a watch guy? I think he wouldn't have done that. He would have focused he, on TV. He hmm. Well, that's true. In the weeks before his death, he was trying to pivot to personally just focus on TV. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't have done the watch, mm -hmm. too. That had to. Be, have been something they discussed. And mm -hmm. as you know very well, he changed his mind a yeah. lot about yeah, things. Yeah, he did. Hmm. All right, All next right. question. Uh, it was emailed in by Robert O'Neill. He wrote in all caps, so that's how I'm going to read it. Question! If you were marooned on a desert island due to lack of signal strength, you could listen to only one person. Would it be Kara or Lauren? <laughs> well, I just won that one easily. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'd listen to Lauren because Kara would find a way to get the signal to the island <laughs> That's right. anyway. That's right. And if I listened to Kara, I'm not sure Lauren, you know, Lauren has a life. She does other things. I'm not sure she would have found a way to get the signal. So that oh. would be my best way of getting both of you. All right. Okay. <laughs> well done, Lauren. Well but you played. have to talk like that. Yeah. No okay. <laughs> Mossberg, how is it going? Are you able to crack open the coconuts <laughs> to get the sustenance you need? 
I would call me over her in a game of Survivor. Come on, Mossberg. Oh, do not underestimate me, Kara. Oh, 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 I misunderstood. I didn't think she was on the island. I thought it was just like like, like who you would have to talk to. Yeah, Yeah. you can only talk. I'm just saying, if the game of Survivor, you know, I'd be actually if I had had some sort of communications device, I wouldn't call either of you. I'd call the Navy or the Coast Guard or something. But just so you know, in a game of Survivor, we'd be dining on Lauren Good to fricassee very quickly. I think that's probably right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, please. Come on. She's kind of athletic. I, I don't guess. Know. She'd be so dead. Okay, you want to so go surfing tomorrow? Uh, no. All right, let's go. A fan of the pod, Ivo Sotorov, asks Walt, Walt, who should play you in the movie about your life? Uh, it'd be a disastrous business decision to make a movie about my mm-hmm. life. So the question is kind of moot. I don't know. Somebody curmudgeonly? I have some ideas. Who? I think Paul Giamatti would Giamatti. be a great Walt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Giamatti. Fine. Paul, yeah. if you're around, Who's call producing me. the movie? Who's investing? Uh, we know some people. We know some people. Will Sonnenfeld direct it? <laughs> Sonnenfeld. <laughs> what happened to Sonnenfeld? Where has he gone? I haven't talked to him in a while. All right. Someone named Mike Isaac asks, would you rather oh, fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Congratulations on a great career, boss. Mossberg. Um. <laughs> One horse-sized duck. I don't know. <laughs> no, well done. We said any question. I, and I have to say, we said that's a questions. particularly uh, intellectual question yeah. from Mike Isaac. No, it's true. That's Very true. good it's, question. He had to dig deep. Much for that better one. than his usual questions. I know. He had to I dig think deep. He wrote it right after he woke up from the nap under his desk. Right. <laughs> exactly. He just yeah. woke up. And yes. Said, okay. Uh, Todd York emailed us to ask, "Why did everyone listen to Walt about how to make their products better?" But they haven't seemed to listen to him on how to make their companies more gender diverse. Hmm. Walter, well, well, that's an enormous, enormous problem. And they really haven't listened to anybody, even Kara. Mm-hmm. And Kara and I, I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, we made it a point of asking every single speaker at our conference mm-hmm. that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether their company had been in the news for having a problem or not. And... It, it had, had, you know, it hasn't gotten nope. much better. It's maybe some places it's gone up a point, some places it's gone down a point. So it's, 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 essentially, it's the same. It stayed the same. I think they don't care. I, I think they don't the care. Conclusion. I think they don't care. Yeah. I mean, their HR people, maybe some of their PR people or lawyers care a little bit, but the people that run the companies don't really care. That's also one. I would, I would make one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I having met a lot of these people, and as you have. Uh, you two have um, I think in his heart Tim Cook cares about it I just mm-hmm. don't I, I don't want to never manifest itself but it doesn't manifest itself like my kid I'll clean up my room mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then never yeah. well but your kid doesn't in his heart really think the room should be clean <laughs> whereas I, I think if you if you, I, I don't want to say no one is like this but I mean I just to use an example I think he probably does care as a person but as a biz, as a CEO, it's, it's all it's not a priority. It's not mm-hmm. there. No. All right. Before we go to break, we have two questions that were submitted from Phil from Cupertino. Here's the first one. Hi, this is Phil from Cupertino. First time caller. <laughs> I had to call because I heard Walt would be on and he's retiring. And I've been reading Walt's articles and reviews for decades now. Love them. They're the absolute greatest of all time. And well, it's kind of the Ernest Hemingway of product reviewers. Oh, good heavens. And, um, <laughs> he and he's is so right maybe, maybe you should write a book someday. I don't know, something like The Old Man in the Internet. And it would be a classic. Um, anyway, my question for Walt uh, is one that's been bugging me for a while. 
Walt, do you think in 2004 the Red Sox would have still won the World Series had they not traded Nomar? I mean, that was so painful to do that. And then they went on and like had this epic comeback against the Yankees and the World Series, and maybe they still would have done that even if they had Nomar, and wouldn't that have been awesome? So, so what do you think? Please help me with that question. Well, thank you for your question, Phil from Cupertino. Phil sounds like an idiot, but go ahead. <laughs> No, it was actually, that's a very intelligent sports ball question. All right, Kara. okay, answer it then. And the answer is, I don't think they would have won the World Series unless they had gotten rid of Nomar. I think he had become a cancer in the clubhouse. All right. And Phil from Cupertino, just so you know, I was at the game in Yankee Stadium where I think the management of the Red Sox decided they had to trade Nomar. Hmm. And we can talk about it someday over a beer. All right, okay. All right. Uh, we actually have another question from Phil. Yeah. We do. Also, okay. um, if, if Kara is there, um, oh, no. you know, one of the great things about Walt has been all the amazing people he's attracted around him to work with, and, and she and Lauren and so many others are really great. Um, Kara, uh, you don't have to confirm or deny this. My sources tell me that, oh, for quite some time now, you've actually been writing Walt's stuff for him and, and, and helping him. I think that's really sweet and nice. And, and my only question for you is, like, when did that start? How long has that been, been going on? Um, I, think, I think it's really kind. Anyway, we're going to miss Walt. We love him. Walt, hope to see you around at events or something. And we should go catch a Red Sox game sometime together. All right, I'll take my answers off the air. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> should we explain who this guy is? By it's the way? Phil Schiller from Apple. What so what's is. the Phil? answer, Kara? Phil, we're not going to answer questions about Jared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. In a minute, we're going to take some questions from our listeners and a bunch of more others. But first, we're going to take a quick break for the word from our sponsors, Walt. On your podcast, Neelay always used to read the ads, but I need you to say the magic word for us today, ka-ching. You're still oh, okay. a stockholder of Do Vox. I say it before so or after? Before, like right now. Okay, ka-ching. No, that's not good enough. Come on. <laughs> ka-ching. That's nice. Well done. This episode... Sure you want her voice in your ear on an island? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Willis Towers Watson. Executives, you need to listen to this. Cybersecurity is one of the greatest threats any business faces. Last year, more than 400 million new malware threats were released and more than a half a billion personal records were breached. And while businesses spend $100 billion on cyber technology a year, cybersecurity is as much about employee behaviors as it is about technology. The average network breach can cost $4 million in company losses. That's why you need to know about Willis Towers Watson. Willis Towers Watson understands that the only comprehensive approach to cybersecurity is to deal with it all, your people, capital, and technology risks. Willis Towers Watson decodes all that complexity through a comprehensive three-stage approach. First, they thoroughly assess the cyber risks throughout your businesses. Next, they protect your company through their best in-class solutions. And finally, they improve your ability to recover from future attacks. Learn more about Willis Towers Watson can do for your business, what they can do, and go to willistowerswatson.com slash recode. That's willistowerswatson.com slash recode. Lauren, Walt, say it again. Ka-ching! Thank you. Oh, right. I'm glad you were still here. I thought you already had retired and left the room by now. 
Today's show is also brought to you by HostGator. Can I call it WaltGator today? If you're ready to take your website to the next level, whether you're a first-time blogger, which is not Walt Mossberg, or an experienced web pro, aka Walt Mossberg, HostGator has all the tools you need to create a great-looking website or even an online store. And if you ever need a boost in hosting power, HostGator offers cloud, VPS, and dedicated server hosting that can easily handle maximum visitor traffic. Mm. See what HostGator can do for your website. Right now, Recode listeners get 60% off. Just go to HostGator.com slash Recode. That's HostGator.com slash Recode and get your 60% off. Can you get more than 60% off if you're like a senior? Yeah, you, but you do get free uh, potato skins at the at Denny's before five thirty. Do you? Yeah, I didn't know that. Great for you. I did really not know that. that. Yeah, they're That's loaded. Fantastic. They're loaded yeah. too. You know, extra yeah. sour. Is cream. that good for your heart? No, <laughs> you will no, but die Taco Bell is. You will so. die immediately. But you know, but Taco be, Bell would have been with Bill Gates. Yes, it's that's a different true. thing. Can you imagine dying with Bill Gates? What a sad moment for you. <laughs> Try not to do that. Now you don't have to. All right. Anyway, uh, we're back with Recode co-founder and executive editor of The Verge, Walt Mossberg. He also started All Things Digital with me, Kara Swisher. We're recording this in Southern California just a few days before the 2017 Code Conference, our 15th conference. Our Mossberg. 15th big conference. 15th big we had conference. a few others. We had All Things D and Code and everything else. Asia, Asia. your favorite? No, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost didn't make it through that one. Anyway, Lauren. And this week, we're taking your questions about any topic for any. Walt. Anything. Yeah. Uh, everything's fair game. And we're asking a few of our own as well. Here's someone named Sundar in Mountain View, California, and he had two questions. Hey, Walt. Knowing you, I seriously I don't believe you're going to retire. Uh, what will you do with all your free time? I will try. This is Sundar Pichai. Yes. The he runs CEO Google. of Google. And... Uh, Sundar, I will try to figure out your completely confusing morass of messaging products. <laughs> that should take me the first year of my retirement. All right, next question from Sundar. Peter Bone just did a cartwheel wherever he is. I know you love sports, especially baseball. Uh-huh. If you were to review baseball teams just like you did with products, who do you think was the best team? maybe since 91, since you started doing reviews? It's a great question, Sundar. And, uh, you know, I am a fan of yours and um, have always enjoyed our meetings. You never brought this up for some reason in our other meetings. Mm -hmm. So it's a little unfair. You're catching me short. But here's the thing. I've never believed that share is the defining characteristic of the quality of a product or service. Mm -hmm. So since 91, I'm sure there's some other team that's won more often, but I've got to give the quality credit and the fan friendliness credit to the Red Sox. Oh, my God. Of course you did. (laughs) Can you possibly make another team? I can make a case for it. Okay. (laughs) Golden State Warriors. Just saying. They're not a baseball baseball team. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, baseball. I don't know. Red, uh, Yankees. She's she's Go wearing Yankees. like a Nike swoosh hat. I run. Which is like... I run and I do cycling and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway. I do cycling. I do. Okay, this one uh, is from Bill in Redmond, Washington. Hey, Walt. This is Bill. What's your advice on staying up to date on all the changes once your column's no longer coming out? Oh, Bill in Redmond. I know how tough it can be when you live so distant from the epicenter of tech. <laughs> <laughs> and you've never had any experience. Uh, Bill Gates, um, uh, uh, just, you know what, just scroll through Twitter and take your chances on what's fake and what's not. All right, fantastic <laughs> That's answer. basically my... All right. 
Well, if you ever start sharing things that look to be overtly fake, I'll just I'll DM you and let you know. Okay? No, just 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 message <laughs> just Bill. Say, you know. say Bill, here's a good one. <laughs> I guess we have a lot of listeners in Redmond, Washington, because this one is from a longtime fan named Steve. Well, this is Stephen from Redmond. Just a quick question about your review of Outlook 97. You called it a great idea, poorly executed. And you said the interface was puzzling and that people would be confused by Outlook's dense and daunting interface. It's cluttered, complicated, wordy, complex forms and dialogues. But don't worry, Microsoft will get it right by the third version. Is, is that all you had to say or was there anything you wanted to add to that? Oh, and go Yankees. <laughs> well, Stephen Sanofsky, uh, who used to run office and run Windows. He seems still bitter. Seems a little, <laughs> still bitter. Still's a little still preoccupied bitter. with that. But I'm sorry to say that I actually don't think, if I had to do a kind of coda to that, I would say, you know what? I was wrong, readers. They didn't get it right by the third version. They did not. Did not. When did, did they ever get it Still right? Still bloated, <laughs> complex. You know, I mean, they shouldn't feel bad because so is iTunes. Right. Okay. But, you know, it's kind of neck and neck. iTunes and Outlook. Which is the hardest to use? Which do you hate opening the more? The oh most. My God. Mm, All right. That's a good question. So it still sucks. <laughs> still sucks, Stephen. But, but Stephen, at least you're not running. I, I love you. You're a great guy. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's do some more questions from our readers and listeners. Eaton Schulman, what are the three stories that you've written in your career that you identify as monumental? Hmm, oh, my God. That's a good question. I, I, honest to God, could not answer that question. Uh, I mean, I've written thousands, right? Isn't, doesn't it add up to thousands? Yeah. Yeah, we think Lots. so. Lots. And uh, monumental. You can think of one that you were as your favorite. Come on, in this long I kind goodbye. Of like, I kind of like my last column. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would really call good. it monumental. All right. What about your iPhone column in 2007? Uh, that was a good review. Mm-hmm. You called it a breakthrough. Yeah, my, you know, computing. I tried on the, on the, I, I think I could be wrong. I know I made mistakes, um, but I think I called most of the really influential products. For what they were going to be, mm-hmm. I didn't. They all had criticisms in them uh, because there were flaws in even the great products. I think my one. I tell you, one of my favorite columns was when I totally devastated the QCAT. Oh yes. Do you guys know? What the I Q-Cat remember the. Q- I still Lauren have a good? QCAT I found one the other day. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Do you know what it was, no. Lauren? It was an idea. It was a disaster. Looked like a cat. It looked like a. It was a. So. It had a cord that came from your computer, like a mouse, except it, it was, was a cat. It had a cat. It had ears and like <laughs> oh, whiskers. Oh, I would give it a ten out of ten. No, you wouldn't, because <laughs> no. this is what the, the purpose of it was. It was designed to save print, right. the save the print industry by you would roll it over these these QR codes and ads in your newspaper or magazine, and it would bring up a website. But it meant, first of all, it didn't work. Yeah. And secondly, even if it worked, you had to. In order to do all your reading, you would have to sit next to your computer with your QCAT. So I just, it was just the worst idea. It was horrible. Yes. So maybe that, maybe that was monumental for its yes. nastiness or something. Yeah. I don't Did know. you write anything before you were a personal tech columnist that you remember as being Monument. particularly impactful? I wrote two stories before I was a personal tech columnist that got me investigated by the FBI. All right. 
good. That counts. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So those were okay. Those are good. Yeah. They were. It was because I used classified documents in both cases. Well, now, <laughs> you know, leakers should be jailed. I don't know. I know. Yeah. I don't know what's the statute of limitations. I don't though. know. That's well, the Trump administration will come after you because we don't want to focus on anything else. Anyway, go ahead, Lauren. Here's another audio question that we got from Meg in Palo Alto, California. Hi, it's Meg here from Hewlett Packard Enterprise in Palo Alto, California. So the question I'd like to ask you is, across your career, what story are you most proud of being part of? Hmm. Uh, across my career, what story am I most proud of? Meg Whitman uh, from HP Enterprise. Um, well, I stopped an invasion of privacy once and an overreach of corporate power. I, I did some of that before I was a tech columnist, but this involved Microsoft had a scheme at one point mm -hmm. that was called Smart Tags, and they were going to include it in a new version of Windows that was coming out. And what it did was it would take websites that were not theirs, all websites actually, and through their browser, Internet Explorer, which had 90% of the market at the time, they would put links on your website without your permission and even without your knowledge. Mm -hmm. And those links only that. went back to Microsoft sites or the sites of people that paid Microsoft for that privilege. Right, I remember this. And I went berserko in the column and sort of conducted a campaign against it, and they dropped it before the version of Windows was released. And the guy that was in charge of Windows hated me and sent me like a 3,000 word. Was that Stephen Snopsky again? No, it wasn't Stephen Snopsky. <laughs> Stephen Snopsky became the head of Windows because this guy What's his eventually name? screwed up. His name was Jim Alchin. Oh, him. I think he's, pa he's passed away. Oh, um, and he, but, bef but I will tell you that before he left Microsoft, or maybe when he knew he had, I think, I, whatever disease he had, he came to Washington and bought me a drink and, you know, to make up a Taco Bell was it good? No, it was at a nice bar, and uh, but no. So I'm yes, I was proud right. of that, Meg Whitman. Thank All you right. for the question. And not craplets. You don't feel? I feel like craplets was a. Uh, great but I did moment. craplets uh, after I after I used the word. Yeah, I did a number of columns about that over the years, including I've just recently explain reviewing the latest people. craplets are uh, apps that are put on your PC or your phone that you didn't ask for, you don't want, they do virtually nothing. In many cases, they're just come-ons to buy something. Mm -hmm. And I also went on a kind of a jihad about oh, that over the years. Right up through the last release of the Samsung Galaxy, uh, the, the S8, which comes with craplets Crap from lips. the carriers or even from But the from wireless Samsung. carriers are such stand-up organizations. <laughs> stand-up organizations. Yeah. Them, I called Soviet ministries. That's right. Repeatedly I in my columns. Yeah. You called a lot of people Soviet <laughs> ministries. Five. No, mostly them. Yeah. Well, I recall a lot of them. And also from Silicon Valley, I think this is uh, maybe Menlo Park. Here's one from Cheryl in Menlo Park. Hi, Walt and everyone. This is Cheryl Sandberg, and we're here at Facebook. Well, congratulations on all you have done for our industry and people all around the world to understand product and technology and the tech industry. We um, are all grateful for your voice and your service and your understanding. I get to ask you one question, so I'm going to ask you the most important question in the whole world. What was your first Facebook post? 
most important. <laughs> well, first of all, I feel Sher- like a presidential speech right there. First of all, Sheryl Sandberg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for those wonderfully kind words. I don't remember my first Facebook post, but Facebook does. <laughs> you know, you or people that work for you know everything about me. So within, I don't know, 20 minutes of hearing this, you could probably have it on your desk. <laughs> but having said that. Um, do you like Facebook? I do. I do use Facebook. Do you, you do use it a lot. I You've use, been using it recently on your I goodbye I use Facebook. Tour. I use Twitter. I don't know how often I've been. I, I will continue to use. Do you them Snapchat? After retirement, no. I, I, I actually did figure it out. I okay. want to be clear. Okay. It's not because I don't know how to use it. I mm-hmm. just. What about you Instagram? Know what? I don't use Instagram. I, I have an Instagram account, and I use it once in a while. But I'm not that good a photographer. Maybe yeah. I'll get better when I'm yeah, retired. Yeah, so that's good. Do, do you more use Yo? On, on no, no. Yo. Here's here's the thing. Yo? Here's the thing. Teach, Listen, teach. listeners to this podcast. You only have so much time in your life. You cannot be on too many social networks where you have to build up yeah. friends and followers and figure it out and all that kind of stuff. Just figuring out Twitter takes about a year. Yeah. So that's a year you'll never get back. So just literally write a $10,000 check to Mark Zuckerberg and just be done with it, right? Just like Whatever. I, to me, I do Twitter, Facebook, and a little bit of Instagram. Maybe that will change. That yeah. balance will change when I'm retired. Are you going to write letters but if you in came, longhand? You would have to come up with would a... You, would you write no, letters no, in longhand no, no. to me? Can I just tell you with something? A fountain Swisher? pen? Yeah. When I, <laughs> when, I was in sixth, when I was in sixth grade, yeah. uh, my teacher in the one-room wooden schoolhouse yeah, okay. called me up to the front of the class and said, and said, you are a good student, but you can't handwrite to save your life. Uh-huh. So I advise you, as you move on past sixth grade, to never try to handwrite again. And oh. I never did. Well, wow. Well, she should have said to you, handwriting is hard and it's not your <laughs> fault. She should have. It is. I would agree with that. All right, next one. Next one, I don't believe it's from a tech executive. No. It's Jeff Borden at I'm Borden on Twitter. Uh-huh. Congrats, Walt Mossberg. 26 years from now, uh, in the year 2043, where's personal tech? 26 more after that. Thanks for everything. 26. Uh, I won't care because I'll be dead. <laughs> okay. okay. But let's let's pretend that you could live forever. Yeah, what's going to Well, uh, what I what I you know, I thought long and hard. I actually took a few weeks to write mm-hmm. my last column, which listeners is typically, you know, I typically do them on a one week cycle. And I so I really thought hard about it and I believe obviously what I wrote. I believe what I wrote every time, even if it turned out later to be wrong, but um, this thing called ambient computing is what I think we will have and a lot of it will be finished in 10 years and I, I said in the column and it, all of it will be finished in about 20 and that's you know everything around you will essentially be a computer as we understand the term now so it'll have chips it'll have sensors it'll be connected to the cloud and it will you know the walls will literally know how many people are in this room and mm-hmm. if somebody leaves it might reduce the temperature uh, if that's so ambient what you want. computing, that's twenty six years. What about twenty six hence after that? Oh well, I, 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 invisibility I cloaks. Yeah, invisibility. That's I'll go with that. Invisibility. I think cloaks. fifty years no ago privacy. was how long? What, what year was that? Fifty. I mean, twenty six years from now, you'll have the Starship Enterprise computer. All right. You know, if I look at the table we're sitting at now, there's three phones, one laptop, and I think there's I saw an, an iPad, iPad somewhere, yeah, yeah. and. In 26 years, anything that 
you, all of us are doing on these devices um, will be done ambiently. Would will you there be, be a be phone? In the, will in, there be a phone? Well, there might be a phone. No, probably not in 26 years, yeah. but there'll be a phone in 10 years, but there might not be in 26 years. But you want to look something up? You want to message somebody? Whatever. This is going to be very different for you, Swisher. Yeah, I'll be uh, super old. You want to message somebody? You'll just I'll have say been murdered it. by then. You'll just say it to the room, right? And the room will message that person. Because I'll be like, do you think input? <laughs> the room will know it's you. I'll be senile. We'll so recognize your face and talking. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in the wheelchair, you. I'll be in the ground. Yeah, we probably you'll be won't in the wheelchair. Be here. All right. We well, might, maybe we might not be. physically be here. We'll all be in a virtual. We might be. It might be the Matrix. Could be. I don't know. All right. Okay. Well, that sounds horrible. Yeah. All right. So. In other words, my timing is great on retiring. Is great. You've timed your career beautifully. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, here's a voice you'll be hearing soon. Someone named Mary from Palo Alto, I oh think. Oh, my God. It's Mary Meeker from Kleiner Perkins. Walt, what product went on to huge success that you underestimated from the start? And what product fizzled out that you thought would be absolutely huge? Good one from Mary. That's a good question. Classic Mary Meeker Classic question. Mary Meeker. Super uh, annoying. Smartest woman in the, wor- smartest. In the room, you know? Correct. Uh, here's, the, here's the, so the one that has, I don't know, fizzled out is totally right, but has certainly been dropping, and Mar- Mary herself has talked about this, that I thought would be a bigger deal is uh, the iPad. That part is clear. I, yeah. I, I thought I thought the iPad. I I use it all the time, and mm-hmm. I thought the iPad would replace a lot of what you do with your laptop. And for people that use it heavily, it does. But I think Mary said a couple of years ago at our uh, conference that the iPad took off faster than any other consumer tech product ever. But that but as but we now know, it's had nine or ten quarters of falling sales and. A lot of people use it less than they expected. So I would say that's the one that fizzled that I thought was mm-hmm. going to go farther. The one that I underestimated is, I, it's just hard for me to remember a great example. Because one of the my mantras... eBay. We didn't like eBay, did we? We, you and I together, yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah I guess. That, that, that No, you're right. Marketplaces. That, it's a very good example because I thought eBay... I hate auctions, mm-hmm. just me personally. I'm just really impatient. If I want to buy something, even a used thing, I want to just buy it. Just tell me the price. If I can afford it, I'll buy it. I don't want to wait. Because we loved Amazon from the start. And I, oh, loved Amazon. From I the loved, start. I knew Amazon was going. But eBay, in the beginning, because it was based so much on auction stuff, um, I thought was... Not that it would be a failure, but that it would be very, very niche to people that loved auction stuff. And e- despite the fact that people very quickly wrote software to outbid you in the last 10 seconds of the auction and all that kind of stuff. So I just thought it would be kind of a niche thing for auction people. And obviously it's become bigger than that. In my defense, I will say they also did a pivot and they now sell things much more, many, many more things. Maybe the majority of things there mm-hmm. now, I don't know, are sold just straight out for a price yeah but i remember you and i at ces like right. we took meg whitman out and we're like suggesting other jobs for her do you remember we took right. her for a drink That's we just right. scared her because she didn't she's like i don't know anything about the it's this internet and we're like what a stupid job you just took maybe you'll make some money still around i know we were like maybe you'll make some money <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> clearly clearly Billions I, later. <laughs> I, I would have thought if you would have asked me then i would yeah. have thought it would have been out of business by that. 2017 yeah. yeah yeah absolutely 
And to wrap things up, here's a great question from someone named Jack, who hails from St. Louis, although I think he lives in San Francisco these days. Yeah. Hi, Walt. This is Jack. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And my question is, what is it like to have Kara as a boss? <laughs> Actually, my question is, if you were to spend your past 25 years in journalism covering something besides technology, nice. what would it have been and why? Nice, Thanks, Jack Walt. from St. Saint- well, first, Jack Dorsey, let me just say the thing as I retire, the thing that would be the best retirement gift you could give me would be editable tweets. <laughs> She's can still we, asking. Can we make the frigging tweets editable? How hard is that? Is that like one hour of one engineer's time? I mean, really, we can make the tweets editable. But it's a good question you ask. And the answer is I would probably have wanted to cover uh, medicine. Oh. Health hmm. developments, you know, health tech maybe, or not even all tech. Just and why is that? Well, because I think it's it's super dynamic. It's super important. Um, I had, or you know, I might have said foreign policy, national security, the intelligence community, all that kind of stuff. But I had done that. So moving on, if I was going to do a complete pivot like I did, but not to this, I think it would have been health tech, bio hmm. tech, whatever you want to call and it. And what's it like hmm. working for me? <laughs> I, uh, Jack Dorsey I don't know I've never worked for Kara Swisher oh, that's Jack it's kind of like imagine if you didn't just work for one company but you worked for <laughs> two, com- two companies and you were running them both on the same day yeah. and kind of running back and forth between the buildings and not getting a lot of sleep maybe yeah. it's sort of like that if you so, can imagine that yeah, if yeah. You can imagine that's that. a good one yeah, it's a good analogy I have a question Lauren for you Mossberg yeah all right you have good. a question Lauren yeah, good? Kara, of course you she does I will, I will too so my question's about... You could ask me a question anytime in private. That's true, I can. But <laughs> and maybe, yet here is her show, but here so she's going to ask It me. is my show, and maybe you can share these pearls of wisdom with our larger audience yeah. as well. My question's about longevity. So uh, some people say, perhaps, that uh, younger generations, such as the millennial generation, uh, tend to move around a lot, change jobs a lot, if they're lucky enough to have jobs right out of school. The dynamics of relationships are very different now. You've had a very long career doing the same thing for a very long time. You've also been married for a very long time. I have. What's the secret to longevity in the things you make commitments to? That's a really serious question. Kind of a downer. (laughs) Sorry, I don't think it's a downer. I'm looking for his wisdom. Uh, There is a secret to it, I think. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the secret to marriage. I'm not qualified to do that. I mean... Everybody, I think you should just be a little deaf. Everybody has to, <laughs> has to work out their own marriage situation. I've been very, very lucky. Uh, you both know my wife, and she's extraordinary. Saint. And, uh, well, saint yes, Edie. she's kind of a saint, but she's also smarter than me, which helps, that is the, true. helps, the, uh, helps the dynamic. But professionally, this is an interesting and important question. You could, I think you have to constantly reinvent yourself. And here's the trick that people don't understand. Part, sometimes you do that by changing jobs. Sometimes you do that like Karen and I did by uh, leaving uh, a com- one company and starting your own company, which is very common in Silicon Valley and elsewhere, becoming more common elsewhere now. But you can reinvent yourself within the same company, within the same profession. I mean, I changed beats every few years. And even when I had the tech column for... 20, it turned out to be 26, almost 26 years. Um, Karen and I, I would have left uh, and done something else a long time before if Karen and I hadn't been allowed to start a business within 
a business. We started an entrepreneurial, autonomous yeah. business that did conferences and websites called All Things D that preceded Recode. Um, while we, at, at first, for the first few years, while we were both still columnists at yeah. the Wall Street Journal. And so, to be just serious for a minute, if you're listening and you feel stuck or you're, uh, you know, saying, well, sh- should I stay in this place, whatever, it depends on whether the place you're staying in will allow you, and by the way, you have to be very tough and very persistent to get them to allow you to do this probably, but will they allow you to try something different and entrepreneurial inside because you can do that too. And it redounds to your benefit, but it redounds to the benefit of the organization as well. Yeah. And that would be my That's pearl a very of good wisdom. Answer. Good answer. All right. I have a question. Uh, <laughs> do you want to tell us what you really think about Rupert Murdoch? No. <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> Can we extend this? How he has ruined democracy, as we know it, uh, for the future generations. But no, I'll not ask that question. I do want to ask about journalism. How do you feel about, this is my last question, about the state of journalism? So much has happened in a long time, especially because of technology, the impact. Are you positive, negative, feels under siege like never before? Oddly, I'm optimistic. I'm positive. Here's why. Um, It's under siege from this uh, completely unqualified person uh, who's the president of the United States at the moment and the, the Today again. People around him, including people I can only describe some of the people as outright thugs, and so it's under siege, but I think the best journalists and the best news organizations do their best often when they're not complacent and they don't have a chance to get lazy. And if you look at the New York Times and you look at the Washington Post and you look at Vox Media, if you look at BuzzFeed, if you look at a lot of other places around, you see people who uh, are actually energized by the challenge of telling the truth because part of the tactics that are being used against journalism right now are to actually uh, try to change the very meaning of the what's uh, of what's true and essentially establish the idea that nothing is true is objectively true and people it t- has taken sadly it t- t- took a while the whole campaign was not necessarily a great moment of glory for a lot of people in journalism. Some, I mean, you know, there were some people who did a good job, uh, but more people should have done a better job. Now I think it's kind of full on. And there may be people that wind up going to jail. I would hate that, but it may have to happen. People are being beaten up and different things are happening. I'm sorry for all those things. But every one of those things should be an inspiration to the rest of everybody who considers herself or himself a serious journalist to be tougher and to not not and by tougher I don't mean let's get Trump or let's get this group or let's get that group that would be exactly what they want yeah don't do that I have to stop taking boxing lessons and okay keep going but yes you do but no I'm not do your work better find stuff out tell the truth be relentless about telling the truth and stop the false equivalency stuff just because one faction does something terrible doesn't mean you have to dredge up and kind of sort of inflate an example from the other side that eh, a little bit looks like that. That's bullshit. I mean, just just report the truth. 
Mm-hmm. And yep. if the FBI investigates you, and I, I, under, and I understand it's tougher now than it was when they investigated me, you have to keep going. You just have to keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Keep going. Just keep swimming. And actually, in response to what you just said, we've been getting this caller from Florida named Donald. Did you see Donald's been calling in? He wants to... (laughs) Let's just skip it. Let's move on. (laughs) That's huge. That would take another hour. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just go to Twitter. (laughs) Just go to Twitter. You'll be able to fill it in on that one. All right, Walt. This has been another... The best episode the best, the biggest, the best, the best, biggest, the biggest, best. best. We are so, this is so good. We're sick of being good. It really, that's really what's happening here. <laughs> Many people have said. Yes. Is this in Technicolor <laughs> at your local theater? On the Vox <laughs> Media Podcast Network. Well, thank Yeah, you, you yell at every week. We don't say that. On, we haven't been saying that on our Well, podcast. I get extra money for it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> do, do you really? Yes, I do. I did, nobody told bank me off, we could get extra off. money for he that. He slips me a 20 every time I do it. All right. Can well, I plug something before we ahead. wrap up? Yes, please do. So I had this podcast yeah. from which I'm also retiring because yeah. I'm retiring from yeah. all of it. What are you going to do with that name? Called Control Walt Deletes. Great name. <laughs> I know. Too bad. I know. It's too bad. We're hiring another Walt. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they're going to do. They are running a, search, a national search for another Walt right now. But what we're going to do is wrap it up with a live taping mm-hmm. in New York mm. in a theater wow. on June 9th. And if you go to... Any Wait, of, I think I'm there then. Any of my tweets. I think I might be too. Yeah. Uh, or Neelai Patel's tweets oh, no, no. or Fox Media's tweets, whatever. There's a link and you can buy tickets. And that's my plug. Buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Come to our final June live 9th. podcast. What theater? Uh, it's going to be at the School of Visual Arts. I don't know the name of the theater, but it's right. a theater at the School of so Visual it's, yeah. Arts. It's analog. In Chelsea. Yeah. Analog event with Walt Mossberg. His That's last right. taping. Oh, no, no, well, it'll be, yeah. Walt Delete. It'll, it'll go out as a digital podcast. And yeah. Are there even... any more Waltz around that we know? <laughs> <laughs> Walter <laughs> White. Walter White. Walt Disney. Yeah. They're yeah. going to bring in Brian Cranston. I hate to say this, but Walter yeah. White was not a real person. All right, okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking, do we know any Waltz? I don't know. Waltz is a name that people... That needs a comeback. Yeah. It's an old-fashioned no. terrible We have name. to tell the people... I always hated my name. You know, really? the hipsters on the playground need to hear that name because... Oh, oh there's Walter the Farting Dog. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. All right. <laughs> anyway, this has been another great episode of Two Mission. Ask Walt. Thanks for joining us, and thank you for everything else. Uh, there's going to be a well, lot thank of you thank yous this week for you. Thank but, you guys so much. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really glad that you were able to do this and that we got, we got so many callers. Callers. We got some so many <laughs> I, I, I know. Just random. How that yeah. happened. There's one person who didn't turn this in, and I'm going to tell you who it is after this. And I'm going to remark, Megan too. Smith. that the No, no, it's someone else. <laughs> and I'm going to remark as well that, amazingly, the women like turn them in right away and like met all their deadlines and we're you know yeah you know the, so except for cuban because he clearly enjoyed that <laughs> that was like the first one Actually, we I got think he was the first, <laughs> the first one. uh but Walt, if you ever wanted to call into future episodes of this podcast you are always welcome i would love it if you came back and well, visited us at some me. point yeah. that's true <laughs> first time long time Second time, long time. Uh, But if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. And you can always leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. If you can open the app. (laughs) All right. Okay, stop reviewing. It's over. It's over, Walt. You have to leave. Uh, But seriously, subscribe. (laughs) If if you do, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of our tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Google. 
Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, basically anywhere. Or you can just go to the website. Go to recode.net slash podcast and you can find all of our shows there. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has some great podcasts. There's our weekly show, The Verge Cast, which is hosted by Neelai Patel. And then, of course... There is control, Walt, delete. I have to say control, Dieter, delete just doesn't have the same ring to it. And in a couple of weeks, Walt and Eli are going to be live in New York. As Walt said, you can find tickets for that online. You know, we could do control, Alt, delete and find some right winger, some white supremacist. <laughs> Like that. That'd go well with Neil. Oh, oh man, <laughs> we can do Control Alt Delete, make it all about alternative alt, music. Le- alternative music. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things yeah. we can do. Yeah, that's what I want. Well, alt left. We could do Alt left. We could have Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so, how do you turn this thing on? I could pull that off. Well, this is going to play you in the movie about your life, yeah, Bernie right. Sanders. <laughs> Free college for everyone. I would have beaten that Trump guy. I would have. That Hillary, she took up all the oxygen. (laughs) Anyway, don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Rico with the hashtag too embarrassed. I can't spell embarrassed. embarrassed. How do you spell that? (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to spell it. Too embarrassed at Rico.net. Two R's, two two S's. S's. Uh, Thank you for listening to everybody. Thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson, who is sitting with us right now as we prepare for another code Great job on all this. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've all been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. Yes, Walt, say the final goodbye. Mossberg out. 